This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Put my name up in the light. I don't know if I've ever been so hyped to hear those violin sounds, but I am. And we are holding it down here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance with Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. We're filling in for the fellas. And I'll tell you, Randy, I don't know if it's because the Masters are going on. I don't know if it's because it's Easter weekend. I don't know what it is, but something about those sounds right there has got me in the zone. I got my red polo on today as opposed to Sunday because of Tiger, and I need to see what Tiger's doing in the Masters. I don't know, man. It all kind of blends and comes together all right. I like it. It is. It's It's been an exciting, man, it's been an exciting couple of days, even with the fact that Tiger Woods right now is flirting with the cut line. Uh, the projected cut line is two over par. That's where Tiger started his day. Uh, now three holes down. That's where he remains. He's even par on his second round, so he's still at two over. But there's some great stories at the top of this leaderboard, man. Well, let's go ahead and get, uh, get some of these storylines and find out what's going on with the Masters. Here's a Masters update. Live from Augusta, Georgia, this is a Fitz and Harry Masters Update. Yes, and Brooks Kepka still leads at 12 under par. He is four shots ahead of the uh, U.S. Amateur Champion Sam Bennett, who's alone in second place at 8 under par. Then you have Victor Hovland and John Rahm together at 7 under. Colin Morikawa, the two-time major champions, at 6 under. And Jason Day, who had gotten it to 7 under, he uh, bogeyed two there on the back nine to get it to uh, five under finish, so he is seven shots back. Again, Brooks Kepka, your leader, 12 under par. He's done for the day after a second round, 67. Now that's the little voice in my head or the little voice that's standing on my shoulder telling me what's going on with the Masters. Now where's the big, loud roar of the tiger on my other shoulder to give me a tiger update? What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? Fitz and Harry, Tiger Update. And as, as Randy mentioned, Tiger right on that cut line. So he's kind of like steady today. He's even par for the round through four holes, four straight pars. He is plus two on the tournament. That is the cut line. And uh, he is 10 shots behind your leader, Brooks Kepka. All right, there it is. Nice little Tiger update. Nice little Masters update. I just need Tiger to make the cut, Randy. That's all I'm asking for. You and I'm me wearing, both. I'm wearing red for a reason today, man. <laughs> I need Tiger to make it make it to the cut and, oh, uh, and play all the weekend. That's all I care about. We're old enough to remember when he was the man to beat. You know what oh, I mean? At Augusta, yes. at darn near any place. It was Tiger or the field. And that's fine. The fact that he's out there at this age – continuing you know it was what four years ago that he won this thing right you know i mean he still can string the shots together it's the it's the literal walk as 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 lame as that sounds it is the literal walk that is posing the greatest challenge for him and it's since the injury recovery from the car accident right i mean look we're blessed that he's even out there he's blessed that he's out there i mean there was a time where i didn't think that you'd ever see him on the course again and so just Mm -hmm. to see him out there uh having an opportunity to do what he does and do what he loves uh, is great. So we'll continue to give you a Masters update throughout the course of the show. Again, this is uh, Fitz and Harry here on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app with Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers, and it is now time for Good Take or Hot Take. Is it a good take? That's good. Great. Or a hot take? How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry. So here we go. 
Good take, hot take. We'll start with Harry Douglas from this very show, Fitz and Harry. They were on first take on Thursday doing a tremendous job. And uh, how about Harry Douglas on the Jets winning the division if they get OBJ and Rodgers? If the New York Jets, if Aaron Rodgers is there and along with Odell Beckham Jr., I think they do become the favorites. You now look at a group that not, not only is adding, you know, playoff experience, you talk about Super Bowl guys as well. Aaron Rodgers has a Super Bowl uh, appearance and a win on his resume. You look at Alan Lazard, he has playoff experience. Miko Hartman, he has two Super Bowls. You look at Odell Beckham Jr., he has a Super Bowl win. So not only are you adding more pieces, you're adding guys with experience in the playoffs. So I'm taking my chances with the who? Jets. <laughs> what do you think, Randy? <laughs> Ah, oh, that's a hot take. Come on now. Hot take alert. <laughs> I, I, I get, you know, he's in that chair, right? He's in that studio. There's something about that building at Seaport yeah. where it's like we just got to be dipped and baptized in gangrene. You know, that's what this is. But uh, you've got to look at the, at the way that quarterback played last season, okay? Mm-hmm. In a comfortable environment, at a place that he knew, in a coaching staff he knew well, he regressed. Aaron Rodgers regressed last year, and that is no one's fault but Aaron Rodgers. Okay, yes, you take Devontae Adams away, that's fine. To what do you explain or ascribe some of the jump balls? Say it one more time. All right, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, I thought Evan was out on hot mic. I'm just saying, (laughs) Rodgers regressed. He carries that with him to his new team. You know, and the thing about it is there's something to be said about having too much of a good thing. And I know they're trying to put together this massive team. And uh, as Harry mentioned, bring in an OBJ and have Aaron Rodgers and have all the guys that Aaron Rodgers is used to. And they're just going to go and take it to Green Bay uh, East, right, or head to, to the Jets when it comes to Green Bay. I just mm-hmm. – I'm not buying it yet. I'm just – I'm really not, especially OBJ. I want to see who he is as a player just because we know that he's, you know, finished multiple seasons with knee injuries and the same knee injury, and he was on his way to being a Super Bowl MVP when he tore his ACL the last time, didn't play at all last year. So I'm with you. I think that is a hot take, and uh, this is the, the hot take. This is the good take, hot take. Fitz and Harry uh, version of it because we're going to take all their takes from this week as we're filling in for them this uh, th- th- this Friday <laughs> on their own show. We're going to let you hear nothing but sounds from them. So let's go on to the next one. How about Jason Fitz, uh, also on Fitz and Harry, uh, talking about Giannis being the MVP of the league. Giannis at this point averaging 31.1 points per game, 11.8 rebounds a game, 5.6 assists per game. He's doing it efficiently. He's only played 38 minutes or more in five games all season. They are limiting his minutes to keep him fresh for the playoffs, which I think is going to be significant. He's been able to take Milwaukee, who throughout the course of the season has had their own injury battles that they've been battling through the course of it, and they still have the best record in the NBA. They're still the best team in the NBA. He's the best player on the best team in the NBA. Right now, I think if I had to pick one guy that I'm the, the most scared to face in a playoff game between Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis, it's Giannis. Like, I, I think we've just gotten so used to the great to Giannis that we sort of roll our eyes to it. But to me, Giannis Ooh. is the MVP. There you go, Randy. Good take, hot take. That's a good take. It is a good take. It, you know, Joel Embiid is massively important to what the Sixers do and have done. But when you have the best record in the in the NBA, that was the, mm-hmm. the defining salvo there for me for Fitz. When you have the best record in the NBA, you're the best player on that team, and you're having another transcendent season, I agree. That's a good take. I agree 100% as well. Good take right there from Jason Fitz. Again, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. How about Harry Douglas on Keyshawn J. Will and Max this morning? How about now or never for the Sixers? Is this sort of a now or never moment for Philly? I believe so. I believe so because of, 
You don't know what's going to happen with James Harden in the future. Also, depending on what you do in the playoffs, you don't know about Doc Rivers' future, right? So you have those two things that are up in the air and a lot of spectacle, you know, when it comes to James Harden and also Doc Rivers. So you want to, you know, try to capitalize on the moment right now. I'll go ahead and start with that one. I think it's a good take from Harry Douglas right there. I do think it's now or never for the Philadelphia 76ers. And unfortunately, as I said earlier in the show, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I see them as little bro in the East. I don't see them as a real, a real deal contender. Don't want to sound disrespectful, but James Harden has made me that guy. So until James Harden could prove me wrong, until Doc Rivers could prove me wrong, I'm going to be that guy and consider them little bro. Ah, uh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's a good take. I feel like Doc Rivers gets – gets relieved of his coaching duties if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I feel like they have to go through Boston to get there, and I don't see him doing it. Um, and it's it really is the last ride as well, because James Harden's gone. He's, he's not staying in Philadelphia after this. He's made it clear he wants to go back to Houston. So we could be short the beard and the coach if they fall short in Philadelphia. The clubs in Houston ain't been the same since he left. I'm just going to go ahead and leave it at that. This is Fitz and Harry here on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. How about one more before we wrap this up? Jason Fitz talking about the Lakers in the playoffs. Now we have to sit there and look at it and say, well, how are they going to challenge everybody else? The answer is they're not. The teams ahead of the Lakers, shocking news, are better than the Lakers. So we're constantly trying to put them in this conversation when, Harry, they don't belong there because they haven't played well enough, not just last night, but all stinking year. Oof. Go ahead, Randy. I got you. That's a hot take. It is. I, I, I love Fitz, but I, I think the way this team is constructed right now, we haven't seen a healthy LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis with the new additions. We've seen it very sparingly, and the the recent push is because of the new additions and because they have, still at this age, LeBron James is the best get-to-the-rim, get-buckets, drive-and-kick force in the NBA and they finally in Los Angeles have surrounded him with shooters and you know the last time they did that it was the 2020 season that's what this is that's who this man still is at this age and it can be dangerous and deadly and it can get you a series win in the postseason yeah I'm with you I think that's a hot take I think the Lakers can be players in the playoffs and make Mm -hmm. a deep run for every reason that you mentioned I just want to see how it's put together I want to see if they can have some short series I think that'll be the key to their success in the playoffs is have short series I'm gonna continue to ride with the heavy legs just doesn't bode well for the older cats when you're looking at LeBron when you're looking at AD and some other guys with the LA Lakers so uh, there you go that's a good take hot take Fitz and Harry style here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. We'll continue with this conversation on the Lakers. Plus, Randy spoke to Angel Reese today and will tell you why she's exactly what she's doing and why she's what college basketball needs. It's next on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. We used to practice it Saturday mornings in our walkthroughs and stuff, and I had a, a little package. You had a little, little package? Did, little did they know. <laughs> Harry Douglas was, got a little oh, package? At that time, I had a little package. <laughs> at that time, I'm all grown up now, baby. I'm all grown up now. <laughs> I think Evan Producer has now quit the show. Get it I think I might have quit the show. What? I think I might have quit the show. You guys are 
You guys get loose midday. I'm trying to tell you, man, this is not the family show that I thought it was. I thought I was stepping into. All right. I love it. Fitz and Harry wow. here on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. We're a very honest show. Obviously. Sirius XM Channel 80. You can tell your smart speaker, play ESPN Radio. You are presented by Progressive Insurance with Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. We're in for the fellas this afternoon. And, yeah, we're talking about the NBA, talking about the run that the, the Lakers could be on out west, and the west is all jumbled up right now. There's obviously a bunch of teams still playing and, and, and trying to, to get their, their playoff position. But the Lakers, Randy, is a team that you're, you're hot on, man. You really believe that the Lakers have an opportunity. I'm a little bullish on them. Like, I yeah. know that they have the star power to get it done. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still, I still question them how far that they could really take this run or make a run in the upcoming playoffs. But you seem to seem feel pretty confident that they, they can make a run and, and really scare some teams out West. There, there, are two, there are three teams that play defense in the Western Conference playoff field right now. Uh, Memphis is one of them. Uh, the Clippers are another, and the Lakers are the third. And I think if they if the, if Los Angeles can get through the play in round, matter of fact, I mean if they can get to the sixth spot, that should terrify right. Sacramento. Um, I feel like they're a they're a terrible matchup for the Kings who play less than zero defense. Uh, we were talking about it earlier in the show. They get off the bus. The Kings do well, you know 100, 120 points on the board. They can score, right. but man, they can give it up. And I feel they like they get off the bus, uh, Randy, and there's already 30 points up on the board for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, you know, at the break, it's you know going to be like 70 to 66. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, and I just feel like you have said it. You put it very well. You were like, until I see it, I can't believe in it. Well, we've seen it with the core of this Lakers group. Yeah, LeBron and AD. It, we, I mean. The brow, when he's healthy, and I know that's a big if, mm-hmm. but man, if he's healthy, he's an absolute difference maker. There is not a big man, Nikola Jokic included, who can hang with him in the Western Conference. And with LeBron surrounded by shooters now, the way that offense is structured and the fact that they're playing improved defense, I'm not saying they'd be quick series, and your point about that is a good one, but I'm saying they can win a first-round series, whether that's against Sacramento or even Denver, if they slip into that play-in tournament. You know, and there's something to be said about teams that have been there, done that. You know, I've, I've been letting it be known multiple times that I'm a Warrior fan, and even for them last year, as they're the defending champions now, uh, I didn't think that they were as good as some of the teams that have won the championships before, but they have that championship DNA. They know how to get it done. They had a couple things go right for them, and boom, all of a sudden they were looking up and realized, hey, all I got to do is beat Boston four times, and, and all of a sudden you're champions, and that's what they did. So there's something to be said about the Lakers and the DNA. LeBron's been there, done that. Obviously, AD's been there, done that with him, so they can get it done, right? They just, again, I think that they just have to have a couple things go their way. I think – there's confidence from our standpoint on the outside looking in where it's like, I need to see it. But then there's confidence internally. There, right. there is. I think what what the Grizzlies have done this season is impressive to me because they have sort of insulated and bunker mentality themselves uh, against what at the beginning of the season were straw men arguments. Nobody believes in us. Nobody likes us. Mm-hmm. This is whatever. And by acting and playing that way, they've made people not like them. You know, they've right. created they've they they've brought their straw men to life. They've turned Pinocchio from the puppet to the real boy. That's exactly you know what what they what they thrive off of. But the one way and the one aspect that you can't do that is in postseason basketball and postseason success. And that's why, to me, we haven't talked about the Suns yet. It's We're almost three right. hours into the show. We right. haven't talked about Phoenix. That's what Kevin Durant brings to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They have the pieces there to make a deep run, but now they've got a guy 
who's been up on that podium at the end of this thing and raised the Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah, he's he's a finisher in Kevin Durant. I mean, and there's really nobody playing better than the Suns, even though a small sample size. I mean, they haven't lost while he's on the court. You know, I mean, they like I was I was in Phoenix Super Bowl week when when they acquired Kevin Durant. And I'll tell you, obviously, the Cardinals were not in the Super Bowl. So locals there in Arizona were running up and down the street screaming. We got KD. We got KD. We got KD. They were celebrating Mm -hmm. because they know how big that is. And then obviously he's been banged up since they acquired him. But in a small sample size, they haven't lost. So obviously he's a big time difference maker. And this is what you got him for is his playoff run. And if he can be the KD that we saw when he was a back-to-back MVP for the Warriors, winning the uh, you know helping them win a championship, mm-hmm. that they they could be they could be the biggest you know monkey wrench in, in everybody's thorn coming out the West. You, you know what you know what's different, honestly, about about KD. So you look at the injury possibilities here in the Western Conference. Let, let's 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 look. You know, Denver. You know, is is Jamal Murray going to hold up? Is Michael Porter Jr. going to hold up? Right. You know, as Mark Schleyworth used to say here. Our NFL analyst used to say, I don't know anybody who used to have a bad back. You know what I mean? It's something yeah. that just flares up from time to time. Um, injury-wise with uh, Phoenix, Kevin Durant, you know, he's he's due, he's due good to miss four or five weeks a season mm-hmm. as he gets older. But what's different about his injuries compared to, say, Anthony Davis, when Durant gets hurt, whatever the timetable is, that's the ceiling of it. He's back generally like he was this last injury before that happens. Right. Yep. Whereas Anthony Davis, it lingers, lingers, questionable, DNPs, all of that. And then there are injury concerns. Uh, you know, Paul George is already out for the Clippers, right? So when Durant misses time, he gets back, and he gets back, and he is back up to speed in the span of two or three games. I mean, he had 29 points last night, and as you said, where it matters the most for Phoenix, there ain't no with him in the lineup. Right. Exactly. It's 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 really that simple. So I mean, man, the 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 playoffs are, are going to be fun. Uh, obviously, there's plenty of teams uh, out west that are going to compete for the championship. Ultimately, I do think the championship, the Larry O'Brien is going to be hoisted in the East. Just my gut feeling. That's just how I feel. He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. This is Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch to save with Progressive save nearly seven hundred dollars on average. Call or click today and find out if they can save you hundreds on your car insurance. And Randy, you had an opportunity earlier uh, to talk to Angel Reese from LSU. Mm-hmm. They just hoisted their national championship in year two under Kim Mulkey. Uh, I thought that that was a, a, a great performance. Uh, LSU, Iowa, over 10 million people watched that game, had eyeballs on that game. One, how great was that for with the women's game? It, it, I feel like their Final Four, the women's Final Four, was more interesting and compelling than the men's Final Four. I agree. Um, I think the star power, I think they had more of it. Um, I think Caitlin Clark... Uh, brought an NBA showcase of of shot making to the women's final four. I feel like LSU was vastly underseeded. They were a three seed, man. They were mm-hmm. a twenty nine win three seed, twenty eight win three seed at the start of this tournament. They were you know twenty eight and two, twenty nine and two, and they just they have so many different ways to beat you. And then star of stars, Angel Reese emerges from that group. Right. And get, yeah, getting to talk to her on Sports Center AM today. There was so much that went into it. Because she is so busy and she's being pulled in so many different directions, uh, you talk about an NIL superstar, just a marketing uh, marvel, and she and her team are so savvy with this. And um, they're you know against the backdrop, like look at her week, right? She she beats Caitlin Clark. She does what she does at the end of the game with the can't see me gesture in the ring. Yeah. Has a prepared statement for that post game presser. Most outstanding player of the tournament, by the way. She's backing this up with her play. Goes over a million social media followers. Uh, has the parade, 
gets shouts out and defenses from Shaq and Wheezy and mm-hmm. Drake and French Montana and whomever else, Future's in there, uh, and NIL money coming in, offers coming in, all of that. Then the White House does what it does. Like Maybe we're going to invite Iowa as an also-ran. It's like, what? Right. She sticks to her beliefs, speaks as the team captain for her team, and then there's a discussion internally at LSU where they decide to accept the invitation, and then boom, we have her on SportsCenter. And she was savvy as you know what with that answer, said, hey, I'm going to do what my team wants. I lead this team. And that's what you want. And she's 20. She's 20 years old and has this head on her shoulders. It's incredible. Well, I think that this rivalry that has all of a sudden be created uh, between LSU and Iowa and Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese is fantastic. I think it's fantastic for the game, and to be 100% honest, I enjoy watching women's basketball, but I think this little rivalry and this little, you know, little trash talk between the two, I think this is something that was necessary. I really do. Yeah. I think it just sheds yeah. a little bit more light onto the game and more storylines, and, and who doesn't love storylines? We talk about storylines here on ESPN Radio all the time, so I'm all for it, and well done with uh, that conversation with Angel Reese. Again, he's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. Did last night's loss burst a bubble in one team's title hopes? We'll talk about it next. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The man just scored half our points in an NBA game, and I'm biased, but the MVP race is over. What you do down the stretch in which Joel Embiid had 52 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists versus the Boston Celtics. That matters. It was a powerful statement, and if that was the last thing you saw and you were on the fence in a tight 50-50 race, Embiid probably tipped it to his side with that amazing night. Joel Embiid did have a fantastic night. Probably sealed the deal when it comes to the MVP race in the NBA. But what is this team going to do when it comes to the playoffs? This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. And make sure you tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio with Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. We're in for the fellas this afternoon, presented by Progressive Insurance. To join us now on the phone line is ESPN's radio play-by-play. And now so that's Brian Custer. And, Brian, thanks so much for your time. As you were on the call with the Sixers and the Heat last night, a game that the Heat won 129-101, and I guess the score doesn't really matter when it comes to the Sixers kind of know who they are or what they're going to do as far as their positioning for the playoffs. But I'm interested, Brian, in what they're going to do in the playoffs, and I'm one of the guys that doesn't really believe in Philly until they show me. Am I wrong for feeling that way? Is this a a year that the Philadelphia 76ers can go on a deep playoff run? No, I think I think you're right on it. I mean, listen, you know, Doc Rivers, uh, I think he did a smart thing by throwing it out there after that big game for Joel Embiid by saying, hey, look, the MVP race is over. Uh, he's the guy. That way Joel Embiid doesn't have to say it himself. But saying that, you know, Doc also told us, you know, that night, I feel good about this team for the simple fact that it's probably the best team that I've had since he's been in Philly. Uh, it's deep. It's got players. But, you know, they laid an egg last night. I mean, and I grant it. I know they're locked into the third seed. They didn't have a lot to play for. But Tobias Harris was another guy who came out and said, 
we need our mojo back. The playoffs are around the corner. And I don't think sometimes when we go out there, we don't look like we're in rhythm. And that was the case against the Heat. I mean, the Heat put on an offensive clinic. They had 39 assists. The Heat Hmm. had 39 assists. A team that we've talked about in the postseason has trouble scoring. They scored at will uh, against Philly. And so I'm with you. That's the big story. Can this team get past the second round? Something they have not done in a while and the way they looked last night, I don't know. I, I don't know if they, they, they will advance past the second round. Doc Rivers believes they can. He has to. But I tell you what, there's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on Embiid. There's a lot of pressure on James Harden to get it done this season. The Harden element of it, Brian, is is one that I think he was hanging on to. Is like, hey, this guy fails in the postseason. We've yet to see him succeed, let alone these Sixers. If there is reason for optimism from Sixers fans, and it's rooted in James Harden, Brian, what is the case that could be made that it'll be different this time with the beard? That's great. That's a great question, Randy. I think uh, health. Uh, If you remember back in Brooklyn, hell, give James Harden props. He played with his hamstring basically torn off. And and he was the only one, it seemed like, in Brooklyn that was playing. Um, Now he's, now he's, he's somewhat healthy. Even though he has the beard like Rick Ross, he doesn't look like Rick Ross anymore. (laughs) So he's trimmed the weight. (laughs) And, you know, he's been dealing with a little Achilles issue, but he's reasonably healthy. And I think that's what has to give Philly fans some excitement that, okay, we got Harden who's healthy, Embiid who's healthy, Tobias Harris is healthy. I think the key is Tyrese Maxey. They need him. They need his scoring. They need his athleticism. He has to be out on the court, too. I think if they can get all of those guys healthy in the playoffs, they got a really good chance of knocking off anybody. Uh, Doc Rivers said it. Look, we're not scared of anybody. And maybe it's a good thing that everybody's talking about in the East, the Celtics, Milwaukee, and not really focusing too much on Philly. And they can kind of fly under the radar, so to speak, even though it's hard to fly under the radar if you're going to have the MVP. I think that's the positive, that James Harden is healthy, he's in shape, and, uh, you know, you would think this is the season then that they could get past the second round. We'll see. Talking all things NBA right now with ESPN Radio play-by-play voice, Brian Custer here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. You mentioned the Celtics. You mentioned the Bucks. Let's go to Boston real quick. Brown and Tatum, I think it's a heck of a backcourt, a nice one-two punch, but can they do it? Can they coexist and get it done together and win a title? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, they can. They've shown that they can, they can get to the NBA Finals. They can win the Eastern Conference. To me, it is really about Robert Williams. Okay. And you may be like, what? His health. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how much of a difference maker he was when he was on the court for Boston? Granted, he had the knee injury in the Finals, so that, that limited him. But you, if you remember, when he was on the court, it really affected Golden State. And I'm telling you, they're going to need him, and they're going to need him healthy, especially when you're going up against those trees against Milwaukee. Giannis is playing like an MVP. I mean, there's many people who would say he is the MVP right now. How about Brooke Lopez? Have you looked at Brooke Lopez's numbers? I mean, he, he looks like defensive player of the year right now. So you're going to need that height. And I know you're like, Brooke Lopez? No. Bro, are you smoke? Are you, yeah. Test Brian for the Disney, the, the Disney drug test. Uh, but he's playing, 
he's really playing uh, like a, de- a defensive stopper from Milwaukee. I'm telling you, they're going to need his height, his athleticism, uh, if they're going to get back not only to the Eastern Conference Finals, but back to the NBA Finals. I uh, want to get you out on this, Brian. Lakers Suns tonight, you're on the call. Uh, you, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, there's plenty of star power possible. Not sure who's going to play for Phoenix because it's the second night of a back-to-back. How badly does L.A. need this one tonight? Well, they definitely need it. But, you know, the good thing is that, uh, uh, from my understanding, you know, the Suns are going to arrest everybody. Uh, they're going to arrest D-Book. They're going to arrest KD. Uh, they're going to arrest CP3, oh. who had a phenomenal uh, night last night, knocking down like seven threes. So that's the good thing for the Lakers is that, you know, they're going to rest all of those guys. And listen, you know, whether you're Golden State or whether you're the Lakers, you want that succeed. Why? Because they want – everybody is, like, targeting Sacramento. Sacramento's had a great year, mm-hmm. but they ain't never been there before. And so that's why everybody's like, yo, i got to get that succeed because I want to open up against the Sacramento Kings as opposed to Memphis or as opposed to the Denver Nuggets. Well, of course, with Sacramento, defense is optional as well. So they might spot you 30 points when you get off the bus just because they're not playing <laughs> They're not playing defense, Brian. Well, thank you so much for your time. Have a great call this evening. I know, like you said, some players won't be playing for Phoenix, but still be an entertaining game, and we do appreciate you on the call and with us today. True, Randy, man. Appreciate you guys. You guys have a great day. Absolutely. You do the same. Brian Custer right there. Great stuff from him. Uh, ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer and again will be on the call this evening. Phoenix and the Lakers. Uh, He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. And we'll tell you what we think will happen with the Lakers this weekend. Plus, can the Warriors, my Warriors, actually win two road games to get the sixth seed? (laughs) It's next on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This week on Fitz and Harry. I might Harry. go this week and uh, might, might get myself a new one. Uh, you and I are going to be on first take on Thursday. So might uh, I might don a new suit. Feeling very Bradley Cooper in The Hangover. Like I got just a little bit of like the, the chest I've been working on starting to pop out of the shirts. Tighten oh, all the know, right places. I know what that means. I'm, I'm just looking because, at them. I'm like, man, you about to be in New York. You about to be scooping <laughs> them up left and right. I know you. I'm just like, you about to scoop them, baby. I know you're going to look like, you know, a million bucks in some custom tailored like skin tight <laughs> suit. So I got to. Yeah. No, that's what it's like. Skin tight. So I, what? you know, what I the get hell? what kind of noise did you just? Like, that's what? a. There's something wrong with that guy. There's not enough time in the day to solve the riddle wrapped in the enigma wrapped in the burrito wrapper that is Jason Fitz. I've never waxed, but you know now. What I'm about you, about Evan? It. That was a long pause. That was a long pause. You know what that was? That was Evan thinking. Is my dad listening right now? You know what? I don't want to talk about this, guys. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's why I need Michael Collins, ESPN golf analyst, going to join us. Yeah, man. If you ever get invited to the Masters to play again and turn it down, I'll kill you myself. There are some takes on this show. There are some takes. I don't even want to say hot takes or good takes. (laughs) There are just takes heard here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. With Randy Scott, I'm Q Myers. We're filling in for the fellas, and I don't think we had takes like they had takes this week. No. I think uh, Fitz gets out to New York, gets a little squirrely. (laughs) Harry kind of knows the role, but Fitz gets a little squirrely with it, and so uh, you never know what he's going to say. But 
you know, it's been it's been a lot of fun holding it down for the fellas, and we've got Masters conversation. We've got Masters going on. We've got NBA conversations, some moving and shaking, but the Masters, we know that it's a, it's a wonderful tournament. It's the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Let's go ahead and get an update from the Masters. Live from Augusta, Georgia, this is a Fitz and Harry Masters update. Yes, and four-time major champion Brooks Kepka's four-shot lead still holds over the amateur Sam Bennett. Kepka shot a 5-under 67 today to increase his lead to 12-under par. Bennett's at 8-under after shooting back-to-back 68s. Then you have John Rahm at 7-under. Colin Morikawa is at 6-under. Victor Hovland, one of your first-round leaders at 6-under. Jason Day at 5-under. And Jordan Spieth, the 2015 Masters winner is making a charge. He's at five under. There he is. There's Evan. He's worked that voice, man. He's really worked that voice to give us the update. And one guy I did not hear in his update was one Tiger Woods. I'm wearing the red polo today for Tiger Woods to make the cut. I'm going to need the Tiger Woods update. Evan, come on with it. What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snoo? Fitz and Harry, Tiger Update. Yeah, it's not good for you, Q, here with Tiger. Um, I mean, the roar has gone more to a, you know, uh, in the last couple holes. He had six straight pars to start his second round. Then he bogeyed uh, the seventh hole. Uh, that was a par four. He, he got a five, and now he's in trouble. He's fighting just to have a bogey on the par Five, uh, par five, eighth hole. So not looking good for you and your your Tiger Woods. He is one shot off the projected cut. He's at three over par, eleven shots behind the leader Brooks Kepka, and uh, he might fall even further back here as he's on the eighth hole. I just need him to make the cut, and it doesn't sound like, as Evan just pointed out, it's not sounding good for for me and my Tiger Woods. Uh, it's not sounding good for Tiger and his Tiger Woods. And I'll tell you, I saw one of those shots that he hit, and it did not look. Good, Randy. It looked like Tiger was in all kind of hurting, man. I need him to go ahead and, and make a run. I need him to make this cut. Need him to be around for the weekend. It's just, it, yes. it, it means more. It feels more special. He's not going to contend. He's, I mean, if he's three over par, he's 15 shots back at Brooks Kepka. But it, it just, uh, the, the, the course, I don't know. You know, we sort of gave birth to the meteoric rise of Tiger Woods. You know, you're going mm-hmm. back to 1997 and, and that historic win there. I'm also not ready to give up on Tiger Woods as someone who can contend. Right. Um, but increasingly, man, it is the literal walk. It is literally uh, getting up and down a hilly course. And he's a victim of his own success because this course has been Tiger-proofed a couple times over, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to try, It's been lengthened and made more difficult. And now that he's in advanced age and recovering from the car accident, still, uh, it's just a difficult, just a more difficult walk for him. No, it is. There's no doubt about it. Again, he's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, there's news out of the NBA as well when it comes to the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson. And I hate to always bring in this kind of news when I'm talking about Zion. I like to talk about him high-flying and what he's able to do on the court because it's fantastic. But Pelicans Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, David Griffin, said that Zion Williamson will not practice with the team on Saturday and would not play in any play-in tournament games next week if the Pelicans are still in the play-in. Randy, I feel like this is rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, 
rinse and repeat when it comes to Zion. He has played 29 games this season. He played zero games last season. Played 61 the year before that, and then 24 his rookie season. So, of a combined four NBA seasons, he has played 85 plus uh, 29, 114 games. Wow. He's played 114 games in four seasons. Man, and you know, and I hate that about this whole situation for Zion because we remember at Duke, look, I'm not a Duke fan, but when he was at Duke, he made me continue to want Duke to keep playing, mm-hmm. right? Just because I wanted to see him more. I, yeah. I, you know, seeing him, you know, play out of his shoe and just bust the, you know, bust a hole in his shoe basically was like awesome. You're thinking, man, what's he going to do on the next level? But unfortunately for him in his career, he just can't stay healthy and stay on the court. And we know how it is. We hear it about it in the NFL all the time. Your best ability is availability. Well, the same holds true in the NBA, and he's just not available. He's not, and he's such – you're right. He did the impossible, right, when he was in college. He he, he made us root for Duke, right? right. He, he made us root for a deeper tournament run. He made us root uh, to watch more Coach K on the sideline. Like, he yeah. was that compelling. He is a generational talent, and that's why New Orleans was so excited to get him because he sells tickets. Mm-hmm. But they seem so hamstrung now by the will he, won't he when it comes to that availability or lack thereof, as you said. Yeah, man, it's just, again, it's so unfortunate because he's a guy that came in with so much hype. I mean, he's one of those players that we talk about by one name. We don't have to say his last name. If I say Zion, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. or who I'm talking about. But unfortunately, we're talking about injuries when we talk about Zion. We're not talking about double-doubles. We're not talking about leading New Orleans deep into the playoffs. We're talking about injuries, availability, and lack thereof. And it's just, again, it's unfortunate, especially when it's this time of year in the playoffs around the corner. And who knows what that ceiling could be because Brandon Ingram is that dude. I mean, he is yep. that guy. C.J. McCollum has been a tremendous addition. Jose Alvarado's a spark plug. They have pieces there, but it's it's predicated on him. And it's just... We haven't seen it in a large sample size at all. Well, we won't see it in any play-in tournament games next week if the Pelicans are still in the play-in. That, play that's according to uh, Pelicans Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Dr- David Griffin, as he dropped that knowledge, a little bit of a nugget, a little earlier. He's Randy Scott. I'm Q Myers. This has been Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, Canty and Carlin. Keep it here.